Welcome back to yet another episode of Watching Friends. This is Season 3, Episode 18, The One with the Hypnosis Tape. I'm Mark, and no, no, why don't you hold on to that one? I'm Ryan. Oh, Dark Mother. Once again, I suck it at your smoky teat. <laughs> well, not smoking, more uh, drinking. Yeah. You, you like you like the milk? You like the coffee? Uh, tea? Sorry. <laughs> I I, the, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Big mistake there, nearly. Um, I am currently drinking a venti uh, white hot chocolate from Starbucks. Other, you know, places are available, but I don't know if they do white chocolate. And if you want to sponsor Starbucks, you uh, know how to reach us. It's so unhealthy for me. Every sip, I'm just like, this is going to kill you. <laughs> but I can't help myself. I'm addicted. It's Christmas. Well, it's not Christmas, but... It's close enough to Christmas. Okay. It's my excuse anyway. Well, uh, we've got quite a bit to talk about in this episode. So uh, before we get into the actual episode itself, we've had a few messages off some fans, which is nice. I'm glad there's more than one listener out there. I like it when they both talk to us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So we had one from Angela. Uh, Just found your podcast and uh, it's been bringing it. Oh, sorry. They've been binging it. We have been bringing it to you. Yes, they've been binging it. Uh, you're great and crack me up every day, so that's great. I'm, I'm glad we're, we're funny because we don't think we are. Yay. Uh, I especially love the tangent, so good for you, Ryan. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate the tangent support. Uh, so I hope people don't suck too much and they stay in as I keep listening. I think they do. I think people enjoy your tangents, <laughs> especially when they find out that you can't listen to podcasts and are looking around the room and you're jumping into bushes and your Ross and uh, Rachel real-life relationship... Of all the things you've learned about me since we started doing this podcast, I feel like that's your favourite. Because yes. you guys can't see the glee on Mark's face yes. now as he laughs at this thing you just find incredibly I, stupid. I'm just thinking of like Cookie Monster. You know how his eyes just go everywhere? <laughs> that's how I imagine it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Angela writes in and says, uh, I was listening to the episode where Joey auditioned for Days of Our Lives when this popped up on my feed. Apparently, Jen Fanson's father just passed away and he was a big deal on Days of Our Lives. Who knew? Uh, thanks for keeping me smiling every day. Keep being awesome. Uh, Yeah, so John Aniston uh, passed away, sadly, a couple of days ago, as of us recording. That makes sense as to why I kept seeing sad Jennifer Aniston memes all over the place. Right, okay. I didn't look into them. No. Why why, why is she with uh, an older gentleman? And it's sad. Why is... Yeah. She wasn't even with her dad in these people. It was just like a picture, a screen grab from Friends where Rachel was sad and it was like, thoughts with, you know, Jennifer. And I'm like, why are you using Rachel memes? I don't understand. Yeah, this, this is a fact that I didn't know before, like... It's, it's kind of interesting, you know, that he starred on Days of Our Lives and obviously Joey appears on Days of Our Lives. There's always that connection there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's always interesting with celebrities when you find out they have a celebrity father or mother and you're like, oh, actually, it's that person, especially as they might have a different surname Yeah. Uh, going on. And certainly a lot of celebrities have you know, family that are related. That, that's an easier way into the business. Yeah, I always like it when people don't trade on their like family name, though. Yeah. Um, like, what's his face? Emilio Estevez, you know, he's a sheen, but he didn't trade on it. I mean, he probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He, he did all right. To be fair, the new Mighty Duck series is really good, to be fair, that he does on Disney+. Plus. That's great. That he's not in anymore, right? I don't know. I haven't watched season two I, I, Yeah, I think he left season two for political issues. Ah, oh, that's, that's, that's disappointing. I'm less excited to watch it now. Yeah. But no, yeah, he was he was great in the, the 90s. But yeah, certainly the, his name. You don't think of him as a sheen. No. One of, uh, one of Ozzy's daughters... Uh, didn't want anything to do with the reality TV show and yep. d- does music, but entirely off her own back and doesn't trade on her dad's name. Um, I don't remember what her name is, which shows <laughs> <I'm kind of> <laughs> how well that here. worked. Yeah, but yeah, um, I mean, obviously being a Brummy, Ozzy is you know local royalty to me, so it's cool that his daughter you didn't try and cash in on that. And we also had uh, Katerina on our Patreon uh, get in touch, which was absolutely lovely. 
you know, we were, we were discussing the podcast with them and, you know, what we're doing. And obviously we've had a few weeks where haven't got quite around to having an episode every week, but you know, trying our best. Uh, it's a busy time for, for both of us, but we're, I think we're getting back on track now. Yep. Trying to do our weekly episodes. And uh, they ask, have we checked uh, out Matthew Perry's new book? As a woman, I have to say I feel slightly insulted by it. The way he talks about women doesn't feel right. Oh. Now, I have read it. Not all of it, but pretty much most of it. Uh, you've not seen anything about it. I have not. So I think we're going to save the, the full in-depth discussion for another podcast, maybe a couple of podcasts, because there's, there's a lot to talk about in the book. I mean, you, I did like your suggestion the other day that you read the book and I listen to it yep. on an audio book and, you know, work out what to do with my eyes. Um, <laughs> but Ali, because you were saying that there are parts of it that you can't tell his tone. No, and we briefly discussed this in the previous episode uh, where he mentions, you know, uh, Chris Farley dying, but Keanu Reeves walks among us. And you're like, uh, why are you digging at Keanu Reeves? Like, it must be a joke or something. Uh, it's an interesting book. It's it's not quite what you expect. I thought it would be a little bit more lighthearted about his life and friends in general and stuff. Uh, it's very much a book about his addiction through life, and he he basically you know brings in moments of friends and stuff like that. But a lot of it happens before and after friends. Oh, okay, fair. Uh, and it's you know about all the times he's been into rehab. Uh, all the things he's like gone through in life. And there's a lot of like Chandler stuff in there, which he, he mentions himself. Like, you know, he was born to play Chandler basically because he is Chandler. Uh, and yeah, he talks about women an awful lot. Uh, he has loved a lot of women and uh, he slept with a lot of women. And some of these stories don't always make sense because you'll be like, oh, you know, before I was 16, you know, I was having picking up a new woman at the the coffee place every day. And you're like... Really? You definitely I, don't like Chandler. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't quite see that. You, you, at the same time, you know, people are definitely going to embellish in books and be like, you know, everyone wanted me. At the same time, when he became a celebrity, yeah, of course they wanted him. Uh, and, it's, you know, there's, there's stuff about his, his life that's quite interesting and fascinating. I found it a difficult book to read, uh, not for why you might think because of what's in it, uh, but how it's written. Uh, the storytelling is a bit all over the place at times. So he will, for two pages, mention just the fact. So he'll come out with like, oh, and then I was ma- I was engaged. And you'll be like, hang on, you haven't explained the who you're with at this point, who they are, how you got engaged. And he'll talk about it for two pages, and then it just disappears for chapters. And then it might, and I say might, come back, and he will finish explaining the story, start from the beginning. Uh, sometimes he mentions people by name other times he's hidden their name I'm guessing because they mean more to him and he doesn't want to feature their name for whatever reason because of the personal stuff he's writing but other people he's happy to say everything personal about them Fair. Um, it feels like thoughts that he has written down and it needed someone else who is not close to those thoughts to come in and rearrange it a bit Okay, I was about to ask, like, did he fully write it himself or was there a ghostwriter on board? No, I assume he's written it himself. Um, cer- certainly the way the, the jokes are and the tone and everything, and the fact that he's read it as well for the audio, audible version, um, makes me definitely think it's not ghostwritten by someone else. It's, it's him just literally writing chapters of pages down. And he, he's, you know, he's quite a good writer. He's written his own plays and stuff like that. So he knows what he's doing. But, yeah, it's been... For me, difficult to read and understand exactly what's going on in every moment because he jumps around quite a bit, uh, certainly in terms of like his age and where he was and what he was doing. And sometimes he repeats things very quickly and sometimes doesn't. 
Um, it's an interesting book. So yeah, I think definitely hearing the 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 audible version will be interesting to see. Oh, you know, when he's talking about women this way, he was actually making like a sarcastic joke. Okay. Rather fair. than it coming across as this way. So um at this point in time, I don't know what to think because I've I've read it and in my mind, yeah, he says a he says an awful lot of stuff about women. I feel we need a, a longer podcast to go in depth for that. And maybe, you know, this is something that we do a couple of podcasts on because there's a lot of content in the book. Uh, talking about just him as a person, him auditioning for the role Chandler, all the stuff in Friends, and then afterwards with his drug addictions. Um, for example, did you know he was on Newsnight with Jeremy Paxman? I did not. Yes, he was. Oh. Uh, talking about uh, sobriety and um, it was criminal convictions for, for drug offences and stuff like that. And that, that was actually quite interesting to watch, the 10-minute the, the interview. Um so yeah, we'll we'll go into that in future. I'm thinking off the top of my head that maybe we will do a lighter version for the free feed, and then a more in-depth version for for patrons. Uh, but once I finish the book, we'll see. You cool. you need you need to have a read of it. So, I think with all that out of the way, uh, we should get into this week's episode. Let's go. So as I said earlier, this is season three, episode eighteen, the one with the hypnosis tape. We open at Central Perk, and Joey is practicing his fake laugh. Have you got a fake laugh? No. Okay. Try and do one. <laughs> Please don't. I, I, think it, I think it's going to be creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> People are like, that's how Ryan laughs all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're just not funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Chandler enters uh, smoking a cigarette, and Gumfu is not happy, but he will let it slide if Chandler lets him take a quick drag. Oh, no, no. No, 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 no. No, There's none of that in here. Oh, come on, man. At least let me finish this last one. Okay, but only if you give me a drag. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) Oh, dark mother. Once again, I suckle at your smoky teat. (laughs) No, no, why don't you hold on to that one? I had to put this in because it's classic Gumpher. Yep. Uh, you know, anytime Gumpher is kind of on screen, has has a line. Like, you know, he has a moment. Yeah, I feel like every Friends fan is happy for as much Gumpher as they can get. Because there's definitely been other characters in, in other sitcoms where they're kind of background, they might pop in and say something. You're like, you're not funny. You're just kind of saying the line to allow the the next thing to happen. Yeah. But but Gumpher's there, yeah, and he he, he works well with the, the, the cast, I think. Uh, we then uh, have Rachel, who is fed up of Chandler smoking, and so she has uh, bought him a tape, and it's a hypnosis tape, because apparently those work. Not according to Roster. No. no. Uh, you know, according to Ross, it's crap. It's crap. Although apparently Ross has also been hypnotised. <laughs> I wanted to, what, what, I forgot what the line is now, but it's very funny, like, yeah, I, I'm, I don't believe in hypnosis, but... Yeah, I don't know what to think of it because there is a lot of people I know who have done it and believe in it, whether it's to stop smoking or whatever. You see the people on the TV shows. Now, some people say when you're in front of a crowd, you just do whatever so you don't look stupid. And I'm like, I don't know if you would because surely you look more stupid by falling under the, the spell, as it were, and acting out these things. Yeah, I feel like it's the power of suggestion. Like if the person can convince you it's real, it will work. Um, there's like a Darren Brown thing where he says he can push people over without touching them and then like pushes his hand towards them and they'll fall down. 
but it's because their brain thinks he's got the power to do that. So their subconscious kind of makes it happen. Yeah. Whereas if, you know, you don't, you won't move. And obviously on his TV show, he only puts in the ones that work. Yeah, <laughs> the exactly. people that just stood still. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, you know, the, someone hypnotizing you and saying, you're now a chicken. and You believe you're a chicken. I, I, I don't know if I believe that. So, uh, But I, I find it kind of interesting, especially in the, the 90s when it was all on TV in the UK with Paul McKenna. And he's like, oh, we can't show this because we don't hypnotize the whole world. It's like, if you had those powers that you could hypnotize people to do things, why would you be a, a TV magician, as it were? Why would you not be getting banks robbed? And, and why is it always a chicken? Like, why is it always a sound people know? No one ever says you hypnotize now you're a zebra. And then yeah. they'll work out, work out. Like, oh, wait a minute, like, what sound do you make? But no, it's always something like that. That would be funny. Animal, I like, like that. That'd be funny. Now you're a Komodo dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Just sit still, don't move. <laughs> Well, we then get the intro and Ross uh, gets Rachel a coffee, but she didn't want cinnamon on it. So he just scoops it out of his hand and you can, you know, the bitterness between them is great at this point. It's also gross. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that it probably would be quite schooled in. I don't know. It depends how much of the top he took off. Yeah. It's gross in principle. It is. Yeah. But I, I just love it. It's like, yep. Just like chucks it all down. Uh, and then Phoebe's half-brother, Frank, comes to the coffee shop. Uh, he got kicked out of the house because his mum says he's too immature to get, be getting married. He's getting married? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, did you not watch the episode? No, I did. I just, I was like, <laughs> just like, the episode, they're like, you're getting married? Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the important part of the story. But Frank, Frank is also a bad storyteller. He is, yes. Uh, Phoebe's doesn't seem to agree and is keen to meet this lucky lady. Monica and the rest of the gang are not so sure, and neither am I really, because he's, what, at this point, like 18, 19, yeah. 20, sort of like that. Uh, maybe maybe younger, because we discussed his age before, didn't we? And we thought he was 15 when like, we first met him. I think he's 18, based on Joey's maths, because it's like, when you're 46, you'll be whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, to keep it nice and legal, right? Yep. So Monica and the rest of the gang are not sure, and in walks Frank and Mrs. Knight. Uh... Yeah, so I say Mrs. as in the teacher, because you don't call them by their first name. Nope. I don't know anyone you'd call Miss or Mr. Unless it was like very polite. Yeah, no, everyone, yeah. Uh, she's not quite uh, how anyone pictured her at all, being just a little bit older than Frank. L- a little bit. Yes, a little <laughs> bit. Uh, turns out they met when he was in her home at class, and then they kiss, which I think everyone is suitably grossed out by. I mean... Yes, and then I'm like, oh, that's a bit judgmental, isn't it? Like, when I see it, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, why are you being gross, Ryan? Like, there's no reason to be mean. Like, if they're in love, they're in love, man. They are. I think you could still be grossed out by... Uh... I mean, I'm grossed out by public space of affection anyway. Yeah. But I will be honest enough to admit that when a young dude kissed an old lady, that's what made me gross. Now, not the not the kiss. It was more like, oh, but she's ancient. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for me, it was uh, when I saw your public displays of affection. I was like, oh, it's Ryan kissing... Ugh. Where did that happen? I don't do PDAs. <laughs> oh, it happened. It's outlandish yeah, lie. It happened. <laughs> I want proof. Uh, this is until it turns out that they want to have kids right away. You know, I mean, really, we do realize that there's an age difference between us. Oh, good. Okay, because you were acting like you didn't. <laughs> oh, no, but when it comes to love, what does age matter? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they do realise there is an age difference between them. But when it comes to love, age doesn't matter, Ryan. I mean, I am a soppy romantic, so I'm going to agree. As long as everything's, you know, you know, legal and above board, I'm like... So, so you don't think uh, if you get uh, an 80-year-old man with an 18-year-old woman and he might have a bit of money, 
Oh, that's different. You're adding you're adding like variables here. Like if we're just talking pure romance and you know okay. happy love times, then yeah, I'm fine with it. Plus, because then if it's if it's, an, if it's a young like gold digger and a man who's happy to have a woman with him just because of his money, that's tacky. I, I mean, I mean, good for him. <laughs> no, it's transactional and weird. I don't like it. Uh, yeah, I yeah, age doesn't matter. I think a lot of people come across it a bit weird when you tell them of an age difference. I think it, for me, it comes down to their maturity. You know, they they could be twenty years old and you could be fifty, and if the twenty year old is as mature or the fifty year old is as immature as the twenty year old. It's fine. Yeah, but that logic, Mark, we should both be dating people in their early 20s. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we definitely don't act like we're in our first. No, no. It's like, I, I think it comes down to your maturity. It's when there's like that difference between like, you know, I want to settle down and they're like, I want to go party. Like, that's where it doesn't really work. I mean, the, the biggest age gap in a relationship I had was what, six years? And that was for the most part. And that for the most part was fine. Um, there'd be, you know, like the, odd, the odd reference that, you know, Jess didn't get or whatever, but it, it wasn't like hugely like friction or anything no. it's fine um but then i've known friends who've had like 10 11 12 year age gaps um we'll be all sat around in a group and one of us will make a reference to something from our youth and we'll all be like <laughs> trickling away huh. and they're like hmm what's that huh. like who who's what, covered mcdonald what, what is a compact disc <laughs> yeah it's just so then it's really weird yeah um so I don't think age, like you said, I don't think age necessarily matters in terms of a number, but there are different kind of age things where compatibility and stuff in common, I think, comes up more often than not. Because you just don't have a relatable world sense sometimes, but yeah. sometimes you do. There are always exceptions. Definitely. We then cut to Chandler asleep in his room. Uh, I think this is the most detail we see of his bedroom with a shelf full of stuff behind his pillow, which is a little bit of an odd way to arrange your room. I mean, my bed's up against the window. So mostly so when it's hot or cold, I can yeah. just reach it and open it. But 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 having like knickknacks behind you, I feel like your pillow would go into them or your arm yeah. or something, right? Have a bedside table. Like there, there, there doesn't appear to be a wall or um, what's the back of the bed, the headboard. headboard. Yes, as Rachel is very aware of, uh, he doesn't appear to have that, right? No. And then the tape plays out that Rachel gave him, and then it repeats. He is a strong. Confident woman. Uh, this has been a joke that has been done on The Simpsons. Maybe, maybe the same time, maybe earlier, where Homer gets the the wrong tape instead of the the losing weight tape, he gets the intellectual tape. Yeah, and you know, th- I feel like this joke has been done many times in in sitcoms over the years. So it's not the funniest joke. I think the the, the setup, the principle of the joke, I guess, is flawed because I don't think it works. Um, just realistically, like yeah. you could, you could play. Stop ruining friends. <laughs> you know, but no, you could be like, you could play me a tape on that says, "Bring Mark cookies every podcast." Yeah, and I'm gonna wake up and be like, "No," if I'm even more like <laughs> aware that it happened. Yeah. Um, but then we'll touch more on it, I guess, later in the episode. But the the drastic changes it brings on comedic effect sometimes are funny. Like Homer getting smart is funny because yeah. Homer's a moron. But the change in Chandler is kind of borderline offensive. Yeah, I think we'll get into that later because. You have to wonder, like, books on tape, stuff like that. If, if they worked as well as they did, surely we'd all just be learning while we sleep and learning a new language, like, through osmosis. Like, yeah, exactly. It, in my mind, like, your, your body turns off a lot of your senses, like, especially, like, hearing. Like, you can hear certain things, but you're, you're not really listening. It's not like a cat where you see its ears turning around while it's asleep because it is actually aware of what's going on, where when you're asleep, you, unless it's a loud noise, 
Yeah, although scientifically, you're more likely to be woken up by a quiet, unfamiliar sound than a really loud, familiar one. Yeah. So if you live near me and can hear me screaming at Halo, that ain't waking you up. <laughs> but if you hear me apologise for being loud and whisper, you're probably going to yeah. get woken up. The next day, we're at the Moonlight Diner and Monica is upset she's only dated two guys in the past year. I always forget that Monica works here. Even in the episode, she works here. Like, she'll appear in the yeah. diner and I'll go, oh yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> her job right now. Uh, this allows John Favreau to... Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Okay. Uh, to, to ask Monica out. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he is the director of Iron Man and also appears in that film as Happy Hogan. Uh, he's directed a lot of films and yeah, tends did, to appear in them. He did lots of Mandalorian stuff for Marvel, Disney and Star Wars. He did The Lion King for Disney remake, which... Yeah, no, not very good. <laughs> yeah, but he, he's, you know, he's a, he's a well-known guy. He's, he's one of those guys where you recognise the face, but you won't know his name or who he is. Like, he's, he's always a bit of an odd character. Yeah, I think he's one of those people that he's got a very distinct look. Yeah. So no matter what he's in, you'll recognise him. Whether or not you recognise his name... Yeah, he, he's not a leading but... man at all. He is a pop son, does something. And I guess that's why he's like this, because when he's directing his films, he's like, I'm going to be in my film. Yeah, I'd put myself in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Uh, but it seems like uh, him and Monica have known each other for quite a little while. Are you going to get you something else? Yeah, I'll have a slice of cheesecake and a, and a date if you're giving them out. Uh, haven't you and I covered that topic? Mm, come on, you just said to her that oh, you... You only want to go out with me because my blonde wig and the big boobs and the fact that I serve you food. Well, if that were true, I'd be dating my Aunt Ruth. <laughs> And the two times we went out, it was just plain awkward. I don't know if that's a funny joke or a bit creepy. Weirdly, I feel like if he'd have left it as, if that was true, I would date my Aunt Ruth. That's quite funny. Yeah. And then he kind of overeggs the pudding and you get a weird, odd, creepy joke instead. So it's like, yeah. the first half, just quit while you're ahead. Yeah. Uh, John, just quit while you're ahead. Or Pete, as I should probably call him in this. Yeah, because uh, Monica was quite funny, you know, with the whole, you know, blonde, big boobs, you know. Sort of thing. Like, yeah, yeah I, I quite liked what she came out with. But yeah, he, he over-egged it. You're right there. We're back at the boys' apartment and Phoebe is trying to figure out this Frank thing with Ross and Joey. Joey thinks he's enjoying the relationship, so it's okay. Yep. Ross thinks Phoebe just needs to tell him how she feels, but she's worried that she'll lose Frank. But perhaps the guys could tell him and then she won't lose him because he it, will be upset at them. It's a great plan. It is. Because <laughs> then they can break up and Phoebe can go, oh, yeah. <laughs> like the supportive big sister. Uh, I do like the way that uh, Joey then congratulates Ross. They could have hung out in nude nudes. Instead, Ross said, let's hang out at his place. And now they're stuck dealing with this Frank situation instead. <laughs> I love it on the nose, that strip club is. It's called Nudes Nudes. <laughs> yeah. like, that should be the sign, not the name of the club. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do wonder like how often like Joey would go to the, the nudie club. It's... It's a very American city thing to think of, going to like a, a strip club like that. Yeah, I mean, we have them in the UK, but they're not. They're very much, if you're on a, I wouldn't say, say a lad's night out, it's very much like a bachelor party thing, maybe. Yeah, like, I don't know anyone that like routinely goes to one. No. Um, whereas, whereas it's, at least in American culture on TV, it's like, hey, let's just go there for an hour, have some wings, and then leave. Like, it's just something to do. I think if I ever owned a strip club I would just steal a quote from GTA 4 and it would just be called Big American and then word I can't say <laughs> the podcast because that would be a great name you can get away with nudes nudes you can get yeah. away with Big American and then, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I do. I do like uh, the single dollars. I think that's the only reason for them is for the, the strip club, right? Yep. You certainly can't do that with the pound. Could be flicking a pound. <laughs> <all the laughs> no, out of my eye. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they could have been at nude news, but Ross said, "Let's hang out here." And so they're dealing with Frank's situation. We then end up at Monica's, and Rachel is wondering how Chana is doing with the tapes. Uh, he's doing great. It's being uh, it's being a little effeminate at yeah. this point. Uh, it turns out, though, that uh, the customer at Monica's work, Pete Becker, gave her a $20,000 tip. I'd cash that immediately. Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, when Chandler hears his name, though, he finds a picture of him in a magazine because he knows this guy, of course, and he has the magazine with the guy's picture in it for some reason. And uh, this guy basically invented something uh, a bit like Windows called Moss 865. Uh, I love how Chandler's like... Every company in the world uses Moss Light 865. And yeah. the Metro goes, we use it. And it's yeah. like, see? And it's just like this great little realisation moment that I thought was cool. I did look it up to see if maybe it was a real thing. Uh, there is actually a guy called Pete uh, Becker who does some technological science stuff that I was like, oh, maybe like this is based on a guy. And it's like, no, they're the two unrelated people. Okay, fair. Uh, Moss 865. I'm guessing it's meant to be a, a play on like DOS, you know, mid-90s. I assume it would smell like Slack, some kind of like inter-office communication thing. No, I, I think it's probably more like win- like Windows or, or like it, in the mid-90s, you know, DOS and Windows would have been the main thing. So I yeah, feel okay. it's like that kind of operating system area. Um, but yeah, if you've got a, a check for 20000 you you try cashing it, right? She doesn't know at this point who he is or what he does. So she just thinks it's a silly check. Look, one thing I'd never noticed before in Watching Friends, but have noticed in the next episode on this one is that Chandler is always reading nerdy magazines uh, in this one he's reading whatever he's reading in the next episode he's reading Macworld yeah um, no I always, he's got his computer with his you know two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean it's just one of those nice world building things that yeah. I'd never noticed before and I'm like you know what now I have seen it I appreciate it well done show writers I guess that's the thing with friends like uh, you know Ross has his dinosaur books and uh, you know Susan has her, her lesbian books and whatever right so they, they're building out the characters and making them real people whereas most sitcoms don't do that they just come in do their joke and off they go again yeah it just serves an attention to detail that I guess adds to why friends is so popular still yeah uh, with that we're going to have a quick break and we'll see you shortly Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content, such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, on our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls. We're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. So we're back at the boys and they're trying to convince Frank uh, that Miss Knight is just a little bit too old for him. All we're saying is don't rush into anything. Yeah, come on, think about it. You're 18, okay? She's 44. When you're 36, she's going to be 88. 
Why, you don't think I know that? Look, the point is, there's a lot of women out there you haven't even had sex with yet. Yeah, he's he's right. He's right. This is your time, you know? Yeah, you're young, you're you're weird. Chicks dig that. Okay, but isn't sex better when it's with one person that you really, really care about? Yeah, in a poem, maybe. <laughs> well, the man's right. That's what I had with Rachel. You don't have it anymore? No, I, uh... I slept with someone else. Okay, so wait. All right, so how did that make things better? It didn't. <laughs> okay, so what you used to have with Rachel is what I got with Alice. Now, what, what, what is that like? It's so cool, man. It's so, it's just because being with her is so much better than, like, not being with yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't I find that? Don't ask me. I had it. I blew it. Well, I want it. You can have it. I don't know. Maybe I can. I mean, maybe there's something wrong with no. me. No, it's out there, man. I've seen it. I got it. There's quite a few things to break down here. Okay. First off is her age. So I, I didn't really notice it while watching, uh, but like they mentioned, like, you know, she's 44. It's like, looking at her, she does not look 44. Mean, but I kind of agreed, but then I do also don't know how much of that is just, I'm so used to seeing her as the old mum in that 70s show. Okay. How much does my brain just kind of go, she's the old mum from that 70s show and ignore what she actually looks like. Yeah, I think also adding that she's a teacher, like in my mind, like teachers are old, like when you're a young kid... They're not your parents' age. They're, they're way older. They're yeah. teachers, aren't they? And, so you know, she's she, the costume department did a great job because she's dressed as like dull and dowdly as possible. Yes, very, to very frumpy looking. Yeah. The age. Like, I mean, I know some forty-four year olds, and they don't dress like that. No, exactly. So at forty-four, I'm like, oh, like there's no real problem with their age. I think looking at them though, you're like, oh, in my mind, she's in her like late fifties, sixties, that kind of look. Yeah, I go with fifties. Yeah, and. Uh, so thinking that, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe she is a bit too old for, for Frank in particular. But, at, you know, 20 years older, maybe not. Um, so that was interesting just to pick that up on as like just from the audio rather than seeing her. Uh, I, I did like the, the Roscoe and, you know, you're young, you're weird. Chicks dig that. <laughs> they do, do they? I'd be like, I wouldn't be taking any advice from Ross on what chicks dig. No, no, exactly. And I, I, I really like the way, you know, both of them come to realise that actually Frank is the the most mature out of all of them because they're like, yeah, you know, you can have any woman you want. And it's like, no, like I want a proper relationship with someone I care about and, and love and joy. Yeah, and it's one of the only times you actually hear Joey ever express that that's what he wants. Yeah. Like we always just get kind of Joey, Joey's the ladies' man. He sleeps yeah. with everybody. And it's, you know, it makes it sound as if that's all Joey's interested in. Yeah. So it's nice to see a bit of Joey being like, no, I do, I do want to find, you know, love, I guess. Um, which obviously changes quite a bit in the later seasons as that's concerned. But right now, it was a weird thing to hear him say, given that all we've seen him do so far is play the field. And I do like the way he he almost makes Ross feel bad uh, because Ross is like, no, nah, it's fine. And he's like, well, you know, have you ever had it? And he's like, yeah, I, I did with Rachel. I mean, logically, he thought he had the same thing with Carol as well. Yes. But then Carol found out with Susan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I really like the way that the Frank becomes like the more mature out of the group and basically convinces them like, no, this is the right thing to do. Uh, you know, he's got some good arguments there. And, you know, if you love someone, it, it shouldn't matter. And as I said, you know, this makes Ross feel bad. And it convin he convinces Joey, you know, that having someone to love is better than just having any woman. Uh, you know, so Frank, you know, pretty much convinces the guys. And uh, Joey is now Frank's best man. 
Ross is the ring bearer. <laughs> he is the ring bearer, yes. Uh, then out walks Chandler with a towel wrapped around his head doing a sexy walk. Is it a sexy walk? I feel like it's meant to be almost like a high heel kind of, you know, wiggle his bum sort of sort of walk. Hey, Mark, if you find the walk sexy, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is not okay is where this is going to go. I mean, I, if I had to use a sentence to describe his walk, it would be a RuPaul quote of sit it up walk. Like, that's, right. <laughs> it, it's very effeminate and hippie. And, yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's very much, this is how men think women walk. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially with a towel wrapped up on top of his, he doesn't have much hair. No, I mean, I have a towel on my head routinely all the time, but my hair's down to what? My lower back? Yeah, exactly. So, so you probably do put it up in a little tower. Sometimes. Yeah. It's not always good for your hair, though. Sometimes I'll just leave it, you know, naturally dry. Maybe, maybe we should save this talk for a Patreon <laughs> podcast. Hair talk with Ryan. Hair talk. Uh, as uh, Phoebe, uh, she has invited Miss Knight uh, around to her house, also known as Alice, uh, around to he- help fix a stain emergency. Makes sense. She did teach her mech. Yep. Uh, well, actually, that's not really why she invited her around. Uh, she just wants her to not marry Frank. <sighs> I mean, it's such a, a sibling foul to do. Like, yes, you find it weird. But as long as your f- friends, family members, partner isn't abusive, like, just you have to accept it. Yeah, if you don't like them or get on with them. And for Phoebe, it's more interesting because she's only just met her brother. And how many times has she hung out with him? Like, he's, he's still a stranger to her. Yeah. And, yeah, you could argue she knows how immature he can be, especially as, like, you know, the first time we met him, he's trying to set fire to telephones and all sorts of things, right? Everyone needs a hobby. So, yeah, considering Phoebe is probably, you know, the... I don't know, she's the least just mental the most. She swings from one side to the other very often. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, I guess my problem with it is that it, to me, this is kind of Phoebe being a tad hypocritical. Yeah. I feel like if this was anyone else's sibling, she wouldn't be ragging on the relationship because it's her little brother. Yeah. It's somehow different because she's you know emotionally connected. Well, also you know she married a, a gay ice dancer, so he could have his green card. Like, yeah. Like. That's probably worse than, you know, marrying someone because you actually love them, want to be with them. Like, she's done it for fraud in, in effect, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, that, yeah, it's massively problematic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, it's strange that she's kind of going like, I could understand if she disagreed, but ultimately she should come to terms. Like, you know, the Mrs. Knight is probably, you know, around 10 to 15 years older than Phoebe at this point. Yeah. Uh, so they're still on a similar wavelength in terms of adulthood, I would say. So I don't see why she's quite so upset. And it depends how long they've been dating for as well. Like if they're like just met, it's a bit weird. Yeah, if they started dating while Frank was underage, I'd be concerned. Because I'm like, well, how much of this was her taking advantage of Frank? But I also feel like if Phoebe just had a conversation about why Frank, like yeah. you're, you know, much older than he is, what... What else is going on in the world or your life that makes Frank the right person? And then based on how she answers that question, to me, that would help me judge, like, is it a viable relationship in my mind? Well, I guess you could also have the argument of, like, being a teacher, uh, what she's doing probably isn't right because she's in a position of authority and power. Yeah. So, yeah, it might be, as you say, like, you know, where she, where she is, like, she's taken advantage of, of him. I mean, you flip the genders. 
And yes. this is a very different episode. Yes, exactly. Later on, Ross dates a, a female student. It's <laughs> I mean, that was hilarious for, yeah. for all the cast involved. But, but it's treated very, very differently. Yeah, this one in some ways is treated more seriously, whereas they kind of rib on him a bit at the same time being like, you are a bit gross, Ross. Yeah, like they, they mock Ross for being gross and, you know, like saying how inappropriate it is. Yeah. But all the concern in this is almost that we're concerned for Frank because of the age gap and it just played very differently. And I think if the genders were changed, the whole episode would be completely different in tone. Definitely. We then end up at Pete's office, a very fancy one, uh, being very up high across the, the New York skyline with video monitors on the wall. I, I love the kind of classic 90s, let's put big CRTs everywhere. Yep, like that means you're well like successful and expensive because you've got 28-inch screens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, when Monica walks in upset about the check, uh, she thinks he's trying to buy her. But actually... Um, yeah, he's not. He just wants, he just wants her attention, I but guess. Yeah, he and, wanted to be noticed. And I guess that is a way to be noticed. And... This, this falls into two areas to me because it's dependent on the perspective of Monica, I guess, or the, the person being asked out. It falls into either charming and quite cute if you fancy that person yeah. and creepy harassment if you don't. Well, well, creepiness is a fine line and that fine line is attractiveness generally. Yeah, like, do I fancy them? It's fine. <laughs> I mean, he wants her to notice him. I think she already has noticed him. They, they seem to get along quite well. He could just be like, hey, do you want to go on a date with me? Yeah, we know he's asked at least once before. So it's kind of like, how much of this is just Pete potentially getting used to having his own way because he's Pete Becker millionaire? Yeah. And I'm like, mm, I don't trust him yet. Yeah, because if you start being like, hey, you know who I am? I have some money. It's like, well, what are you trying to get them for? Like, are you, do you want them to like you for your money? Yeah. Or for you? And if they don't like you for you, then having, having the money probably is not going to make your life better. I mean, I don't know, we're, we're both poor, so yeah, we, may, yeah. may, may, maybe it makes it better. <laughs> oh, I'm too neurotic in general. Like, I'm barely sure why people like me in the first place. So if I had millions of dollars, I'd just be like, I'm not telling anyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'd have to buy some friends and then give them some uh, plastic surgery to make them look like your other friends. Yeah, <laughs> just replace your <laughs> yes. with, with <laughs> yeah. more attractive versions. Yes. Uh, so yeah, he likes her, but she's unsure. And all he's asking is for one meal. I think that's fair. The, the 20k probably wasn't needed. I mean, is it fair or is it not fair? Like, ultimately, it's still Monica's choice. But I feel like he's just this kind of, like, browbeating her into it. Well, no, I think he's, like, just saying, look, just come out for me for one meal. Like, you're going to get some food. We'll have fun time. And if it works out, great. And if it doesn't, well, you had some food. Like, no expectations. Yeah, but, like, where's the line? Like, she's already he's already asked her out twice and she said no. So, like, what is, <laughs> it's not baseball. Like, why is the third time the charm it, or the strike in this it, instance? It might be she's not taking him seriously. Man. In that, you know, he's he said, oh, let's go on a date. And she's like, oh, no, like, we're friends. We, You know, we, you're my customer or whatever. We chat here. Like, she might not be understanding how serious he's being. So at this point, he's like, look, I want to take you out for dinner. I want to I want you to get to know me properly rather than just customer. I mean, I understand where he's coming from. Yeah. I just, I just don't know how I feel about the repeated requests. I guess it would depend mostly on how Monica rejects him not that the onus is on her to do it in a particular no. way just that you know if if she's saying no i don't want to then that's fairly definitive but in the diner she's like you only want to go out with me because of this this and this and it but to me that was like well, was she uncomfortable being asked uh, a second time i don't know maybe I, i'm getting too I, deep no i i think she actually likes him she's just not attracted to him and i think that's the issue 
and he's hoping uh, perhaps his personality can win her over. But from her perspective, she's like, look, I like you, we get on, we have a great time, but I'm just not attracted physically to you. And, and people can overcome that. You, yeah, can I mean, you can certainly be like, hey, I didn't think you was attractive, but now I got to know you, that doesn't matter anymore because your personality is ultimately what matters. Yeah, I've dated someone before who wasn't that physically into me when we first met, and then after like six months getting to know each other, we're suddenly like, oh, wait a minute, like Ryan's hot now. And it's just <laughs> yeah. like, okay, fine. Yeah, you, you, you became hot for your mind rather than for your looks. Great, that's what everyone wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we are then back at Phoebe's where Frank is hiding in the dark. Uh, turns out Alice broke up with him. This is a little bit strange of him just hiding there. He's also lying in her washing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Phoebe's is devastated. Um, well, not really. She doesn't care. No. She's quite happy. She's feigning, feigning yep. her concern. Uh, poor Frank, though. This was the first time he'd been happy in his whole life and Phoebe ruined his life. It's her fault. I mean, I probably have no right to rag on Frank for this, being as melodramatic as I can be. <laughs> But he's been very melodramatic at this point. I know he's only 18, but honestly, Frank, like, the way he talks about it, it's like he spent his whole life in a gulag and his final is in the sun. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, I, I get it. You know, he's, he's had the, the woman of his dreams that he absolutely loved, like, break up with him. And he doesn't understand why, because he's not done anything wrong, don't forget. That's fair. Um, and then when he finds out what Phoebe's done, you know... Uh, he is destroyed. Like he, he's destroyed twice. Like he's he's lost like the woman he absolutely loved, and you know he he found that thing. You know he's seen it. He found it, and then his sister or half sister uh, does this to him. Uh, you know he trusted her, and you know he would storm out if he had a place to go to. I love that line. <laughs> yeah. I always, that joke's used a lot in TV shows and movies all the time, yeah. and I always find it funny. Just like if I had her to go, I'd storm out. It, just, it always makes me laugh. It's yeah. great. You got to you got to feel for Frank at this point, even though I I don't really like him as a character. Uh, you still have to feel like what she did to him and how she's hurt him and done it behind his back this way. Yeah. Uh, we're then at Monica's and the door buzzes and Chandler dances around the house and is very shall we say uh, camp. Agreed. I think maybe this is the point we need to discuss this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's he's supposed to be acting effeminate, but. It, it's so effeminate, it's almost offensive. Well, should, should we play the clip first? Yeah. The millionaire's here! Oh my god! <laughs> Guys, please, I'm just gonna have dinner with him, okay? Okay, okay, just because he buys you dinner does not mean you owe him anything. <laughs> okay, then get the lobster. So, yeah, he, he's meant to be a strong, confident woman based on the hypnosis tapes, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know many women who act like this. And if he was going to be a strong, confident woman, in my mind, he would be like uh, Louisa from Encanto. Fair. Uh, you know, being, you know, I'm a woman, but I'm strong and I'm confident. Like, yeah, I didn't have to, didn't have to be, you know, flowery and dancing around and weird. Yeah. I would have played this as like sassy and stern, like yeah. it kind of like a what has he done for you lately, like Whitney Houston style vibe, yeah. not a Will and Grace style vibe. But <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, it, I mean, I guess it, I suppose it depends on kind of your perception, though. You know, if we're looking at it and thinking that the way he's acting is without the risk of offending anyone, 
camp and how you would expect a stereotypical gay man to act. Yes. That may be on us for having that kind of perception in our mind, but at the same time, that perception has mostly been gathered by media and give, put put into us that way. Like my reference to Will yeah. and Grace. Um, you've obviously got Will in that show who's a, who's not flamboyant in the slightest. And then you've got, is it Jack? I don't know. Um, I've, I've not really seen Will and Grace that much. I mean, Jack is probably the campiest character in television history. Like he's just extremely flamboyant and camp. Yeah. And I think they're the kind of the cliche of what people imagine when, especially when it's like 90s sitcom gay. Yeah. Um, and Chandler definitely strays into that kind of territory with his portrayal of be, a be, strong be, woman in yeah. this. Um, so it's kind of like it would it would probably rubs the wrong, the wrong way a little bit, I think. Like if you're saying like, oh, you know, he's he's effeminate or he's becoming a woman, like would he have to be camp to be that way? Yeah, like he could have done it, said everything he's just done in a completely different way. Been like, just see by you doing, you don't owe him anything, honey. Like it could yeah. have been a like you know finger. Well, it should it should be sassy. strong yeah. and sassy, yeah. It no. should, like, Ooh, like yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's it is weird, and you know they've done the whole Chandler's got a quality. Chandler might be gay thing, sort of, and I guess they're they're trying to play on that. But all of that stuff's handled really, really well. Yeah, like it's it's almost like it's not it's not poking fun anywhere. Whereas this kind of feels like it is. And and I feel for both of us, like we don't think of Friends being a problematic show. No, ninety nine percent of the time, like most of it is like, oh, that doesn't sound as great now as it did back in the 90s or you know yeah things have changed but for us i i think we're we're pretty okay listening and, and watching it's like most of the audiences and just being it is what it is yeah. uh but there are bits like this where you're just like it kind of it kind of takes away yeah it just the camp's not needed i don't particularly see why a feminine man needs to mean camp like there are plenty of things that I'm quite effeminate on. Like sometimes you, you are, yeah, exactly. You know, people, if people ask you, you'd be like, "Oh, I, I love musicals, and I love all, the, you know, I love flowers, I love this," and it's like, great. It doesn't especially change. drunk, Ryan. Yeah, I remember getting tied off because there was some girl on the bus once wearing leopard print tights with some horrible like neon green top, and I was like, "Oh my god, what is she wearing?" And it wasn't camp <laughs> at all. It was just me looking at her, thinking, like, "This girl looks dreadful. What? Yeah. It, look, why did she pick this when she left the house?" And then everyone had to go at me for being rude. But well, I remember the story where um, you knew like the Disney princesses, and people were like, "Why does a man know about Disney princesses?" Which I always find weird because I was always at work when I worked for Disney. So yeah, it was yeah. like, it's kind of my job to know the princesses. But yeah, I would get it all the time. Um, even to the point where I'd be stood at the table and I'd go, go give, the, go give it to the woman. And they'd look at me and be like, uh-oh, sorry. And I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> it happens all the time. But yeah, it's just you can be into traditionally feminine things and, and not have to be camping you know, flamboyant yeah. about it. At the same time, I'm into certain masculine things, but I don't turn into some kind of like Randy Savage meathead. I'm, <laughs> no. I'm not like, yeah, let's go hockey. Yeah. Like, I'm <laughs> just me, but talking about hockey. Uh, you're, you're like Ross. You wear your, your salmon coloured shirt and I that's perfectly like, fine. I do like that shirt. It's not pink. It's salmon. salmon. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the, the doorbell has buzzed and it's Pete. He's ready to take Monica on a date and the gang are excited to meet him. And he's taking Monica for pizza, a great little place all the way to Italy. Now, this would be kind of cute if they were in Europe. But flying from America to Italy is like an overnight trip and kind of changes the tone in my mind a bit. Also, it was supposed to be a surprise and at no point do we see Monica reach her passport. So is Pete that rich that you don't need to go through border control? Yeah, he's like, spoiler, hey, you're going to need uh, your passport yeah, like to get on my private jet. I assume it's a private jet. Yep. But, you know, New York to Italy is at least 10 hours, and he's going to be a night flight because of the time zone difference. Maybe he had a private Concorde. Concorde was still a thing then. It would still be a long flight. 
yeah, what Concord do it, and he didn't have a private Concord. No one had a private Concord. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know, if he was like, "Hey, we're going to go to Paris," like, "Oh, Paris is you know an hour away. We can get a plane now and and go from from the UK to there." Yeah. But like, oh yeah, that's that's something that you could do in an evening and be back again. But this is definitely like a two or three day trip because of the time difference and everything. It feels a bit more involved. They had to stay overnight somewhere. It wasn't just hey, we got dinner and we got back again. Yeah, it also feels very underhand, given that that's, this is like his, hi, oh, there's this one date, one date, like, give me a chance. Yeah. And he's like, right, you've turned that one date into 10 hours in a metal tube, and then a restaurant, and then overnight stay and a flight back. Yeah. That's awkward as hell. Yeah. Like, I don't care how, even if I thought this person was the hottest person on the planet, I'd already be annoyed that that was their, <laughs> you know, one date. Yeah. No. Yeah, you've taken advantage. This is many dates. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of rich characters in TV that, that do this. They flash their cash and will fly you somewhere because they can do it. And the idea of it sounds great, but the, the realities of it probably isn't as exciting. And it's tacky as hell. Like, uh, there's no need to flash your cash. Like, if I won billions of pounds right now and we went out for food... You would we put it in a low-interest bond, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, I would just... Like, we went for dinner. I'd be like, where do you want to go? Like, I get that as people get more money, their like, standard of living changes. So, you know, we'd, we go to Nando's now, but if I won billions of pounds, I'd probably go into, like, five-star Michelin restaurants at the time. And when you go to, like, let's go to Nando's, I might be like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. Let's go to here. I can't name any because I'm not rich. But, but you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I get that. But at the same time, flashing your cash around is just tacky and would put me off. Like if I was dating a super wealthy woman and she just kept throwing her cash around, I, it would be a massive turn off. You me. would feel a bit bought, wouldn't you? Like, oh, they're having, like, they don't want to be with me. They need to buy my attention and love. And well, money's not a personality. So I'd just be like, what, why, are you, why are you hiding or what? what's lacking in you that you feel like you need to show? Like, I'm not impressed by money. I guess it's difficult, right? Because it, you with no money, you would probably buy a woman flowers, right? And no, I buy plants. I don't buy flowers. Well, plants, flowers, whatever, right? Well, just, but, just but, but, but that's because of that's how much you have. Whereas for him, you know, spending $20,000 probably is the same as you spending two, like in the scale of things. Well, this is where I find Pete's character flawed. And it's not often that I call a character logically flawed in Friends, but Pete, I will. If... We were arguing that flying to Italy and taking women on extravagant international dates is standard behaviour for Pete because that's the lifestyle he's accustomed to. Fine. That doesn't explain why he's eating in a tacky, big boo, blonde wig, random 50s diner in the middle of New York. He wouldn't, if that was the lifestyle he's used to, he would not be in there. No. So part of it's like, oh, he's down to earth and chill because he's got lots of money because he's eating at Monica's diner. Then no. at the same time, it's when he feels like it's going to benefit him or flash the cash, which makes me not like him. Yeah, I, I, when you go into like this sort of depth, it does change the tone of the character a bit, right? Yeah. Um, and certainly as the, the episodes go on and their relationship goes on, I guess Monica feels the same way about it uh, and how he's spending the money and stuff. So, yeah, I guess we'll get into that more in a future episode. Yeah, Pete does get up for some fun stuff, to be fair. Uh, at the boys, Joey needs to go to the bathroom and slams into the entertainment unit. Uh, he built it, so he has to suffer it being halfway across his door. I think that's fair, Chandler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely would do the same. Uh, but he hears Chandler's tape out loud and goes to investigate. And he hears what the tape is saying, be a strong, confident woman. And he smiles. He does. Uh, we then cut to Frank sulking at Phoebes. Uh, he's watching some very strange animated cartoon. I don't know what it is. And then uh, Phoebe has brought Alice over to help explain things. Uh, she is agreeing that it's not fair on Frank. He needs someone his age. But actually, it's just the words of Phoebes uh, that she's told her to say, which is 
underhanded even more so. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's he's mad at me now. I'll just make him mad at her instead. Like, yeah. come on, Phoebe, you, you, you're better than this. Uh, but eventually she falls for Frank where they kiss and then he picks her up and carries her to the sofa for saying that he's clearly wrong. <laughs> yeah, just... First off, if if my sister convinced my girlfriend to break up with me and then brought my girlfriend over to tell me why we were broken up and then me and my girlfriend decided that we were going to be together anyway, I'd be like, yo, sis, leave. <laughs> like before anything else. I wouldn't just be like, I'll have you now on the laundry. Just, just, <laughs> yeah. just, just everything about it is just the, the way they're doing it, the, the way it's on the sofa, on top of the laundry. They haven't even said, Phoebe, like, give us a moment. No. Can we Can we have some space? Like, I Everything guess. about it is just gross. I mean, when passion strikes, Mark, I guess passion strikes. It, it, it's still gross. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, yes, there, there's been many gross relationships in Friends where they end up doing stuff on the couch or the sofa in front of everyone. Uh, I forget. I forget which character it was. Was it? Um, it was Rachel, wasn't it? With um, with Paolo, and you know they're leaning up against Monica on the sofa, right? Oh, yeah. Like, there's there's a lot of that grossness going on. Uh, but during the end credits, Joey has recorded on the tape. Cigarettes don't control you. You are a strong, confident woman who does not need to smoke. Joey's your best friend. <laughs> you want to make him a cheese sandwich every day. Also want to buy him hundreds of dollars worth of pants. I love the way Chandler wakes up to this when he hears his voice. Uh, I didn't realize when watching the episode, but heard it then. Is halfway through the tape, he goes, "Oh, oh," and then then he has another idea. I like how it escalates. Like cheese sandwich is really boring. Like, yeah. If you're gonna make like a BLT or something like a, yeah. a sandwich, you really don't want to go for this from making yourself. But we go from well, it's essentially two bits of bread and some cheese to hundreds of dollars of pants. And yeah. It's like you know, maybe tear it up slightly. Oh, uh, I you know, I I like the way it was in the the original tape. You know, smoking will not control you. You're a strong, confident woman. It's like, do you need to be a strong, confident woman to not let smoking control you? Couldn't it just be? Smoking doesn't control you. You don't need to smoke. You didn't need a men and women's version of of this tape, right? Yeah, I guess not. But marketing's marketing, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I like I like you know Joey's childishness of like maybe he can get something out of this. But Chandler, like you say, you know he's heard an unfamiliar noise and it has woken him up. I wonder if we recorded something and I got you to listen to it every night when you were asleep, but you don't consciously listen to it, so we don't listen to it yeah. when you're awake. I wonder what we could do. It'd be quite interesting, like just a phrase, so I could get you to say, like you know, would you kindly? Would you kindly press in this clip, Ryan? Like, oh, it's working. Just That'd be interesting. Yeah, maybe we should try that with some friends. Yeah. Just, just leave a tape recorder under their bed or something that goes off. Well, you know, what? We'll, we'll make a tape of friends' facts and make Chris listen to them. <laughs> yes. Oh, it, it, it will just come out like, oh, that's like in episode four. If this happened, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that is the end of the episode. Uh, to me. Honestly, it's probably one of the most, and this is the wrong word, uh, boring episodes for me. It's definitely an episode that if it was only in the background, I probably wouldn't really be paying any attention to it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's boring. I agree, though, that it's uneventful. Like, there's, yeah. there's no moment. Um, but I quite like the, the kind of personal nature of the episode. Uh, it's a bit slower. It's a bit more heartfelt, I guess. Um, it's nice to see that softer side of Joey. We get more Mopey Ross, but 
that's Ross for you. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we get we get a character who's supposed to be this like weird, dumb, dorky kid who likes to melt things, and he actually sounds like he's got a pretty pretty square head on his shoulders. He does. I just don't like his character. I I'm not sure I like the way it's acted. It kind of feels a bit out there compared to the the niceness of all the others. He's he's very rough around the edges. He is. Uh, so I, I guess he plays it well. I just guess I don't enjoy that type of character. Yeah, he's very weird. Yeah, but. So and for me, like the you know, it's it's an enjoyable episode in terms of like the laughs and that. But there's nothing that that I'm no, there's no line. I'm like, yes, that's the line of the episode, or you know, that's a great one to to say and remember. Yeah, it, you know, if we were on like a crappy Channel Five best of show, yeah. this episode ain't in the list. No, and I did actually look up to see which were the the worst episodes of Friends as rated by people on IMDb, and this didn't appear in the the top ten or the worst ten. Uh, there was some other episode. Maybe we should do a, an episode about that in future because there were some odd choices. I pretty much hate all of the Barbados episodes. Okay, I quite like those. Even though the stuff in them is hilarious. I, I don't know why, I just, they just annoy me. Mm. I was like, this isn't New York. Like, why They have here? a different tone, I What's guess. What's happening? It's weird. I don't like it. Well, we're getting towards the end of uh, season three now. And certainly Matthew Perry talks about season three in his book. Uh, this is about the time, you know, he starts having his, his drug addictions again. And he, he actually makes a mention in his book saying, if you ever see me with a goatee, you know that uh, I'm on my addictions at this point. What was he addicted to? Uh, so he has alcoholism and uh, opioids. Oh, okay. But- um, which a lot of celebrities do because the, uh, the doctors in America, like if you go, oh, I've got a bit of a pain. They're like, take these, you'll be fine. Yep. And obviously they're very addictive drugs. Um, it's something I guess we should go in detail when we go into the book. But yeah, like alcohol is his initial vice. And then he has to have the drugs to help with the alcohol. Well, blimey, so so it becomes a cycle, especially for like sleep and stuff like that. Um, there's all these names that you, that you will see, like Xanax and stuff like that, where you're like, yes, I'm aware of that. They, they take that all the time on American TV shows. Over here, like you do not take Xanax to, yeah. to sleep. Um, you just deal with it you just don't see <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so yeah it, that's something that we'll get into in the future um but i'm looking forward to the end of season three and getting ready for the start of season four and definitely i'll be trying to put in some more book facts into this because he talks about you know um the the getting married to monica and where he was in his life at that point uh, and also so there's some interesting stuff he's he's brought up i'm, I'm looking forward to giving it a read to be fair yeah. Uh, well that's the end of this week's episode so thank you for listening to us once again we will be back next week what's, what's the episode next week Ryan? Uh, it's the one with the tiny t-shirt which probably is my one of my favourite David Trimmer moments of the okay. entire series with, with Frankie says relax on it yeah it's yep. it, it just his performance is phenomenal yeah, yeah, it's going to be a fun time, I think. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, you can find us at watchingfriends.com where there's a contact form there where you can also write into us if you have something to say and you want us to discuss it. Uh, we like hearing from our two listeners. Yeah. It's always great. <laughs> uh, we actually have quite a few listeners. We, we're in the hun- few hundreds now, yeah. definitely. And uh, and growing, looking at the, the stats, unless it's a bunch of bots also listening. I mean, numbers are numbers. I take them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really happy with, with how we're doing with listeners the moment uh you can also join us on patreon if you want to support us for a couple of pound a month uh you can join various tiers where you can just say thank you for all the free content we put out there's paid for content where we do you know bonus episodes on joey and we'd like to do some more off offbeat ones 
like talking about the book and random episodes and whatnot. Yeah. And you can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at What Trends Pod, where you can also message us if you don't want to email us. You want us to see it on those social sites. I don't know. I don't know if Twitter will be here in, in a week's time. Who knows? We could be verified for only eight dollars. We could, but yes, yes, support us on Patreon because then we can tell when we're <laughs> we verified. Want to loot it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much for listening to us. Make sure you subscribe if you found this somewhere else. Uh, be back next week with another episode. Cheerio. Goodbye.